Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for Magic Online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. everybody and welcome to another episode of yo mtg taps i'm joey pasco and i'm a toy store employee one week before christmas that's true but what is your name big head show okay good just making sure it was you it is it is me hi hi so uh so just a week since our last episode but we still have a lot to talk about i mean every week i say we have a lot to talk about every other week really every episode i say we have a lot to talk about and we always do um even in the doldrums i feel like even like the the winter slump there seems to be a lot to talk about and um so our our big topics this week are some uh news in terms of the next set we got some previews already um some cool news from i think it was the game awards uh and we have some bnr updates and i think we're going to talk a lot about pioneer uh specifically so um yeah I think the, we'll just kick it right off with the with the previews, um, and this is something I think has that, that has actually helped us uh, have something exciting to talk about here in December when usually it's slow news. Um, but we we got previews for Theros Beyond Death. Am am I crazy or is the the uh, the pre-release happening way earlier than usual this year? Next year? Uh, when, when's the pre-release? Like January seventeenth. That seems about a week early. Um, At least I feel like it was like end of January, beginning of February usually. But um, maybe I'm got that wrong, man. But seventh never as early as the seventeenth. Yeah, that does. It feels early. Like I think end of January is usually what I think of. And so if it were happening beginning of February, I might think hmm, that's a little late. But yeah, seventeenth. I hadn't really thought about it. But you're right. Like maybe maybe it does feel a little little early. Um, Maybe I'm just thinking about the end of January as the release date, and so the pre-release being a week early yeah, doesn't make sense. Right. But uh, or it doesn't. It it, it, it does make sense. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're we're today's December 18th, so we're less than a month from uh, from Theros pre-release, and uh, yeah. And as as we all know nowadays, the pre-release is basically the release at this point, right? Like, yeah, we just get to play it on Arena and and MTGO right away. Um, the release really is only about like the the paper cards, and even those you get at the pre-release. And if you buy a box, a lot of times you can buy them at the pre-release. <laughs> so it's kind of a strange term for uh, it, it doesn't doesn't really apply anymore, right? But uh, it needs to go away. Yeah. Like it, like R.I.P. the pre-release. Like I mean, it just what's the point? I mean, yeah. I get it. Like I liked the pre-release. It meant a certain thing. 
just mean the make the release mean what the pre-release means. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's not weird, that hard but to fix. Of all the things that we complain about as Magic players, you know, like I don't care. It's not a big deal. Fine, call the pre-release. Give us all the cards. I'm fine. Like that's fine. <laughs> right. It's not like they made a mountain just look like a swirl of energy on a on a on a land card. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. If they did that, that's just Pokemon. Yeah, that know? would be un, un, unconscionable. Yeah. Right? Is that a word? <laughs> I think it is. A word unconscionable, yeah. Uh, it's not a word you you know say a lot, so I can understand the questioning of it. But um, yeah, you know what they did. So I guess let's unconscionable. Take... <laughs> it is <laughs> not right or reasonable. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so let I guess we could just start with that. So apparently, because of this is you know uh, Theros Beyond Death seems to be taking place possibly entirely in an underworld or or a lot of it is taking place in some sort of underworld they decided that they were going to make the the basic lands look less like actual landscapes and more like just weird swirl smoke and then just a giant mana symbol on a full art frame right. um so i you know I, I think a lot of people love this um it's not my preference i part of the, the the fun of the game and basic lands i really like looking at the basic lands at different of different sets because i like the landscapes i like to see what the the area right. looks like so this kind of just turns me off and i i guess i'm a little sad that we uh, quote unquote wasted a full frame uh full art frame on it because you know they like to only give us these every so often and so right. now i'm like well I guess the next cool place we go to isn't going to have a full frame. I mean, unless they decide to just go forward with doing this all the time, which I'd like, but that's not what they've they've done so far. So I'm just going to assume that we're not getting full art, real landscape lands for another couple of sets. So that's a little disappointing. But, you know, hey, everybody that, that loves it, that's awesome. And I'm sure you enjoyed it when you played Pokemon too. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like... Kind of like how you feel, and I kind of feel how Keith feels. Like Keith thinks they're great, and I think they're pretty great, honestly. Like I think they look really cool, and I'm going to probably put a bunch of them together uh, to use. Um, but I, you know, they, the problem is not that these pictures aren't cool; mm-hmm. it's that they say "island" at the top, and you look down at the word "island," and you look at the picture, you're like. Well, that's not an island. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if it just said, like, blue mana generating thingamabob, and then it said basic land island for the mechanics of the whole thing, okay. You know what I mean? Like, but it's like swamp. No, it's not. Mountain. No, it's not. Forest. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. You know what I mean? Right. Plain. Liars. Astral plain, but that's a different spelling. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. <laughs> You know, so like, so I think that it's the name, but they can't do anything about that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they can't all of a sudden give Swamp a different name for this set, right? Because that would be ridiculously confusing. Yeah, it would. Um, so I agree with with what you're saying, and I think they they have to do it this way if they're going to do it. This, you know, that's what they're going to depict. Uh, also, I think that if 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 the mana from a swamp could materialize it wouldn't materialize in the shape of a skull right. it would probably be a little more of an abstract shape so that also is a little weird to me like i don't know you it's, it's weird it's weird i like again i think they look awesome and i'm not gonna let 
like my hangups about them stop me from collecting a bunch of them well, <laughs> because I, I want them. Here's the thing: like they look, you're right, they look awesome, and I think they would look great on the front of a binder, the back of sleeves, on a T-shirt, things like that. This is what it's for, right? Like this is what it looks like. They designed a whole bunch of cool looking product, you know, playmat images and things. And then they went, well, these are now our basic lands. Like, oh, crap, we forgot to assign somebody to, to do basic lands. Hey, what are the, where's those t-shirts we designed with the mana symbols? Let's use those. You know, it kind of feels like that's that's what it is. It's like, it's a great design. It's just right. not land. So, uh, you know, that's... Right. that's right. It sounds like our hang-up about it kind of is, is yep. in that realm. Well, um, looking on the bright side, I guarantee you they will also make products with these images oh, yeah. on them so yeah so at least you still have that to look forward to. for sure yeah I, I mean it would only make sense um, right but then the other bright side is we all have tons of basic lands and it's always hard to to choose your favorite basic lands and things so it, you know what i can immediately dismiss all these so <laughs> i can just keep using the other basic lands that i like yep. um, that's right it's not as if i need them uh in terms of functionality um right the other two big previews. Now we got we got a lot of previews. In fact, uh, I don't know. We got like twenty cards or something. I, I actually didn't look at the number uh, at the top of the page, and I'm not in front of a computer at the moment. Um, don't know. I'm actually looking at the day to day. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, I'm not looking okay. at the the full spoiler. So, but the, like the two that we want to talk about, of course, the two big ones are, are the, the cornerstones of the set. The yes, planeswalkers. The planeswalkers. So we've got two new three mana planeswalkers, both uncounterable, hexproof. I'm just kidding. Um, sorry <laughs> to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. Ha- we have two new planeswalkers. We've got. Uh, I guess these are the. Uh, it's kind of like the hero and the villain of the of the set, from what I can tell based on the trailer. Um, speaking they of which, will be. Go ahead. I'm sorry, they will be uncounterable because you'll have to ferry out before you cast either one of them. Oh, there so. you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, just play <laughs> Esper or Blue White, and you're good. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Turn turn three to ferry, and then turn four or five. Elspeth or Ashiok, but uh, yep. but but as why I not, mentioned, why, stop, why not? Why not both? Uh, well, yeah. Well, for, yeah. Turn four Elspeth, then turn five Ashiok. So we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. We've got this all set up. Um, I did want to mention the trailer because I kind of uh, I said there was a trailer uh, that was previewed at the Game Awards, and they released the trailer. They've been doing a great job with these trailers, making them. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I when we were. All growing up, magic sets did not get trailers like this. Like, right? They, if they had a trailer, which is I, I think pretty rare, they were forgettable uh, or just bad. Um, right. So having trailers to the sets is really cool. Like we had the, I guess they're more like teaser trailers in a lot of ways. You don't really get a whole lot of information, but you get enough. I think the uh, War of the Spark trailer was just like it's raining on Ravnica, and suddenly a like a building with stained glass planeswalkers and you're like what does this mean you know and the 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 spark goes out or the, the flame goes out or something on, right, uh, right. on the chandelier and the bolus horns and you know like that was a cool cool trailer um this one is elspeth uh walking amongst like the dead uh presumably in the underworld and uh kind of seems to like wake up i guess um become like aware of her surroundings and starts like looking around and and all the the dead are sort of going through this plane um sort of like a portal or something uh it looks kind of like water sideways um and Hmm. she sees a child like walking towards it so she goes to try to save this kid and the kid turns around and it looks like a demon it's just like a faceless creepy looking uh Mm. demon and then and you kind of see ashiok 
in the background and then suddenly like all these zombies or nightmares or demons or something uh, grab Elspeth and sort of pull her underwater and it looks like you know she she's about to to die or something but she's already dead but then it looks like almost like a spark ignites right she kind of just ex- explodes and that's the you see the logo Theros beyond death and, nice. Um, you, it's like you almost have to see it, you know. Um, yes, I know. I just described. <laughs> no spoilers. There's a trailer. <laughs> I didn't mean to just read the script it out was, loud. <laughs> it was very good. I haven't seen it yet. Um, if I had to guess, I would say the music was um, the a cover of "My Way" by Limp Bizkit, done by Churches. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> No, the music um, is notable. It, I, I have something to say about the music, but I'll let okay, you know. Okay, okay. Well, I, have, I didn't actually get a chance to see it, but you did a very great job of, of teaching me exactly I, I read what you the script. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like exterior or interior, Theros, <laughs> underworld, hordes of zombies walking with a mask. Anyway, I'm going to stop reading the script. Um, the music, this was like the coolest thing, was uh, yeah. they, they got Ramin Jawadi to, uh, or Ramin Jawadi, I can't remember how to pronounce that, but uh, to do the the score of this trailer. And uh, for those of you who don't know, that's the person who, the composer who did uh, the game music for Game of Thrones and Westworld. Like, that's the stuff I know him for. Oh, sweet. Um, just pretty much the best in the business right now. I mean, to me, he's this era's John Williams. Um, right, right. And I was going to say, John Williams is still, I think, I, th- I heard from someone that uh, Rise of Skywalker is going to be the last film that he scores. Oh, I haven't heard that. I mean, I, I don't follow composers too much, but when I'm right. watching a show and I love the music a lot, then I'll look it up and that's sure, how I, yeah. you know, so Game of Thrones, the music was just incredible. And so that's how I ended up, you know, recognizing that name when I saw Magic, uh, you know, Wizards tweeting about the music for the trailer i'm just like this is so cool and they did a little two minute behind the scenes vignette where they show uh show him talking about how they decided on different uh parts different elements of the score and it's just really cool and i think um you know that that's a that's something magic would not have done a few years ago i'm sure they wanted to but i guess this is something where they have the budget or they're putting putting the budget into this kind of thing and um, and, and the music is, of course, really haunting and and stellar during the trailer. I can um, read you the music notes if you want, or you can go listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you want me to read you the sheet music? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Oh my lord. Yeah. So now you want to talk about some actual cards that aren't basic lands. I guess. <laughs> I mean, go ahead, read one of the well, Planeswalkers. You get to pick. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to read uh, Ashiok because I think you're more excited about Elspeth right now. Yeah. Um, which is pretty neat. Uh, and I'm actually pretty excited about Ashiok. Cool. Uh, I don't quite know why because I'm probably never going to play it, but I think it's really cool. So I, Ashiok Nightmare Muse is a black, a blue, and three. It's naturally a mythic. It, it's a five loyalty to start. Um, it get plus one to create a two three blue and black nightmare creature token with whenever this creature attacks or blocks each opponent exiles the top two cards of their library that will be relevant later minus three target uh, return target non land permanent to its owner's hand then that player exiles a card from their hand the ultimate is minus seven you may cast up to three face-up cards your opponents own from exile 
without paying their mana costs. So I think it's a really neat card. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's got two ways to protect itself, which is always good. Um, I like the fact that it could contribute to some sort of mill deck. It probably slots more into control, but when I see a blue and black card, I'm in my brain trying to figure out how to make a mill deck happen because mm, I'm, I'm nuts. Um, but the minus seven's really cool. And I think that all, overall, this card's just really neat. Um, I don't know if it's great, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, but I like what it does. I like all the whole suite of abilities are all really interesting to me. Um, yeah, I think it's cool, think like how uh, how much you it kind of lines up in a in a way with uh, Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. You got like a five mana Planeswalker, um, similar mana cost. It's it's blue black instead of blue white. Um, the plus one, like how much would you say if if you were going to cast a two three creature, how what would the converted mana cost of that creature be? Um, if we're talking like just the vanilla, just, yeah, it'd probably be like three. You think so? So I was going to say two, two or three. Yeah, I mean it is I, it, creatures have gotten pushed. So that's why I'm saying in maybe 2019, two. Mana. two yeah, yeah, in 2019, two. In my brain, it's still stuck in like the year 2000. Right. So with my the, Limp Bizkit reference, the plus one ability generates basically a card and two mana, just like Teferi, right? Like you, you plus one, you get to draw a card and untap two lands. In this, you get to draw a card, except the card casts itself. For the two mana, right? Like it's just right, there you go. Right. So it's a similar kind of thing, and you get this. This isn't a vanilla one, like you said. This actually has an ability, so maybe it would cost more. Maybe this generates more than two mana uh, if you think about it. But um, the minus three returns a non-land permanent uh, to owner's hand, and Teferi just tucked it. This one maybe it doesn't get rid of the permanent for as long, but it also adds an additional form of card advantage by making your opponent exile a card. So right. uh, both of these first two abilities, exiling cards, do a great job of feeding the minus seven. And, and if they and if they have no cards in hand, that ability is exile target non-land permanent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's they can't they can't do anything in between. It's just like once it's bounced, it's gone. You know, so right. that that's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's a it's a strong card. Uh, it's I don't think it's Teferi power level. I don't you know just the comparison on the design uh, isn't meant to say that I think it's as good as Teferi because I think the fact that Teferi untapped untapped two lands gave you so much uh, more versatility with the card. You get to choose which spell you cast with that mana. Yes, exactly. Not not play a a 2-3. So that's part of it. And again, Teferi will basically guarantee, unless they have a a way to draw more cards, uh, that 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 non-land permanent that you bounce or Tuck isn't back for a couple of turns. So um, you get more time out of Teferi, which makes sense. He's a time mage. Um, but yeah, Ashiok, I, I don't want to just draw all the comparisons to Teferi, but that's something that jumped out at me in terms of like the... It, it's following that recipe of Planeswalkers where you get like a plus ability that's card advantage, a minus ability that protects itself, and then game-breaking ultimate. Like that's the that's the recipe. And um, mm-hmm. And it feels strong, but not, like, format warping. I don't know. I like it. I yeah. just like it a lot. I mean, I do like how it does seem more powerful in terms of protecting itself. Like, usually you don't get two ways of protecting uh, because, you, in this case, you get a creature that can block or you can bounce something. So you get that uh, double level, level of uh, or dual protection here with Ashiok, and I think that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, anything more to say about Ashiok? 
No, I'm good. Let's okay. talk about let's talk about your homegirl. So Elspeth Sun's nemesis is the other planeswalker we've gotten. Of course, this was the one everybody expected. We're back at Theros. Uh, last time we were there, Elspeth died. So um, so we all knew Elspeth was was coming and was going to be the face of the set. So um, expect her to be banned in six weeks after release. Um, <laughs> if she follows the Oko pattern. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't think this is that broken. But of course, we didn't think the same thing. You know, we didn't think Oko was that broken either. Um, we didn't even talk about Oko. No, we, you're right. Uh, barely mentioned it. <laughs> Um, but Elspeth's Sons Nemesis is a, uh, a four-mana Planeswalker for white, white, and two more. Five loyalty. Um, minus one. Up to two target creatures you control. Each get plus two, plus one until end of turn. Minus two. Create two one-one white human soldier creature tokens. And minus three. You gain five life. So all minus abilities. And then the flavor text says, Escape. <laughs> <laughs> It's right in the spot where it looks like it would be flavor text, but this right. is the the big new mechanic in Theros Beyond Death. Escape. White, white, and four, so six mana. Exile four other cards from your graveyard. You may cast this card from your graveyard for its escape cost. So, uh, as you may have noticed, this doesn't say you can only escape once. Um, Elspeth can, as, as long as you have four other cards... In your graveyard and six mana, including two white, you can play Elspeth over and over and over and over and over again the entire game. Um, you know, there is a limit to it unless you're playing an infinite card deck. <laughs> but just the fact that you can play and replay Elspeth when once mana is not uh, a problem is, I think, that every you know, the, 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 the actual abilities, the minus one, the minus two, the minus three, like, those are relevant, but the most relevant thing, I think, on this card is the escape clause. <laughs> um, and, okay, you, I cast Elspeth, you counter it. I'll cast Elspeth next turn, then. You're going to keep... I mean, how many counter spells you got? You have more counter spells than I have four cards in my graveyard? Then, you know, you'll be fine. But in a couple of turns, when I have four more cards, count, uh, cast Elspeth again. And um, her, her minus abilities, there is no plus, so... Her minus abilities all seem very similar to something like History of Benalia, which we saw be like a powerhouse at certain points. Um, right. But I think this card, like, I, I think a lot of people are looking at it like, well, it's History of Benalia, but it costs four. Um, it doesn't just happen. You know, you don't get like a knight and a knight and a, the boost. And, you know, it's it's like, it's maybe not as good as History of Benalia in certain spots. Um, but I'm looking at the card like, just just think about the play pattern here. Like, if I'm a mid-range deck or a control deck, and I drop Elspeth, um, I'll minus two, and I have two blockers. And if those blockers are still around, maybe next turn I minus one, and, and I boost them, and I attack. Or maybe I just need two more blockers, so I'll just get two more blockers. Like, okay, you know, you kill my Elspeth, I'll just play it again later with the escape clause. You know, like, it's it for a control deck or a mid-range deck... This, I think, fits there more than an ag aggressive deck. The aggressive deck can certainly make use of those abilities, but I could. it's not necessarily fast. If you're uh, playing two 1-1s one on turn four, that's not scary. But as a control player, someone who's trying to put up some defense, being able to put two blockers in the way, uh, I, that's relevant and buy more time. Here's, here's, what I, here's how I see it going down. Um, play this for four... Maybe on turn four, maybe on turn five, uh -huh. right? Minus two, create two 
two creatures, and then minus three, gain five life, escape, minus two, create two creatures. The next turn, minus three, gain five life, escape, minus two. Like, you, you can play the ability twice in a right, turn. That's true, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's you know a very I mean? good so, point. So you, so, so you, you know, you do whatever takes her off the board, like, you know, whichever ability does enough to put her in the graveyard, yeah. and then you refresh her, and then you do another thing. You know, so you can just keep going with that. Now, again, you have to have the four other cards from your grave, you mm-hmm. know, to exile. Um but you know a, there are ways to make that happen. I mean, you, you're playing magic. Generally, that's what right. happens. So, I mean, it's a similar ability right. to delve, and we know how strong delve can be in the right, uh, you know, in the right deck. You, you know what this card uh, makes true? What's that? Four fabled passage in all decks. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's that will be a good uh, a good starting point for Elspeth and four fabled passage. I don't know if you want four yep. Elspeth because you really don't need the second one. No, you don't really. Uh, but you got to be able to get yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, for you sure. Know what I mean, so so maybe two or three. Right. Um, but yeah. Um, but it's really good. And again, like being able to start looping those abilities, wild. Yeah, and um, I think I mean it compares. Think about like the first Elspeth, which again was was underrated. I think when it first came out, uh, back way back in Shards of Alara, it co- had the same cost, and it would mm-hmm. plus one to make a one one, and minus one to give it. Uh, you know, flying and plus three plus three, uh, and then the you know the the ultimate was like the indestructible thing. But it's a similar concept. You're paying four mana, you get two one ones. You have an ability that can pump them. But I think a lot of times those, those Elspeths, like it sat there. Most of the time, you'd see it in like a control deck because it's like I'm going to make a blocker. I'm going to I'm just going to keep making blockers and and keep dealing with your creatures. And at some point, my blockers are going to be able to attack because I'm going to have cleared your side of the board. Uh, and then I'm going to start uh, start actually pumping my creatures. In fact, did Elspeth Elspeth had did she have two pluses? I can't remember what Elspeth Knight Errant. I think she was all pluses. Yeah, yeah, it was plus plus, and then the minus the was minus the ultimate. For yeah, the, for the yeah, ultimate. I was thinking like right. part of it was you kept making blockers, and then you could just ultimate. Um, right. So yeah, obviously that's it's, it's a different card, but it reminds me a lot of it in terms of its role in a deck that wants to just play some defense and then just turn the corner and go offense and. And don't forget um, that this card will be legal uh, in the same standard environment as Surveil. True. Um, yeah. So that's that's something to definitely keep in mind. And also keep in mind anyone who doesn't want to have to play against this card all the time that Leyline of the Void is also standard legal. As so. is Ashiok Dream Render. That's true. So yep, that's true. So, graveyard hate. You know. I mean, if Escape is showing up in, in this kind of uh, – like at this power level – you're gonna. We're gonna have to get probably more graveyard hate in the format, but we already know what exists. We have Leyland of the Void. We have Ashiok Dream Render. Uh, I don't know if there's any more graveyard Graph hate. Digger's Cage. Oh, is that legal right now? I don't even remember. It is. But I don't know if it actually affects this card. It is legal. Okay. I don't know if it affects this card. Yeah, Graph Digger's Cage makes it so cards can't enter the battlefield from the graveyard. So it should cards or is it creatures? Good question. I think it's. It should be. Permanence or cards, but you know what? I'm I'm not. I think I feel like it's not because <laughs> I feel like it was something that like I needed it to do that it didn't do. Creature cards and graveyards. Oh, it says. Oh, but escape isn't casting the card, right? Or is it? Yes, it is. 
You, it is okay. So then, Graft Digger's cage works. Players can't cast spells from graveyards or libraries. So there you go. Okay, okay. See, now this is the right environment to release a card like Elspeth's Sun Nemesis into. Yeah, you know, like like putting out Field of the Dead in a format that was about to lose all of its like land destruction. Like, was the dumbest friggin' thing anyone's ever done in Magic. Like in the entire history of Magic, that was one of the dumbest things. <laughs> one of the dumbest. Okay, done. I'll go with one of. It's not the dumbest. <laughs> But we can argue that on a different episode. <laughs> Only a Sith deals in non-hyperbole. But, um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, um... You know, uh, so so this is great. You know what I mean? Because this is a super pushed, super powerful Planeswalker, um, at least as far as we can tell, um, that also has answers that exist for it. You know, so it's not like... Not like Oko, which you couldn't really answer effectively mm-hmm. with anything, you know? Um, this is something that can be answered so it doesn't get out of hand. If it does start to get out of hand, people can correct their sideboards and, and deal with it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's good stuff. I mean, I definitely misevaluated it at first. Well, I, I keep saying, like, I misevaluated it. I evaluated it differently. At first, when right. I read it, I was not... You know, I, I was whelmed. I wasn't overwhelmed or mm-hmm. underwhelmed. It was just whelmed. <laughs> but I was kind of like not thinking how ridiculous that could be, that escape clause could be. I did agree that that was the most powerful part of the card, but I was like, well, do I even want any of these other abilities? Like gain five life, why do I care? Make one ones? Uh, you know, I didn't really think of it as being that big of a deal. But when I started thinking about the old Elspeth, I started thinking, okay, I wanted that sort of effect in a control deck before. And um, again, like the fact that... Sh- that Elspeth costs four mana, makes me feel like, and, and I kind of think about it in an uh, aggressive shell, then I start going, well, it's not as good as History of Benalia, it only costs three mana. You know, for four mana, I want something more powerful. Um, but when I kind of push that part out, like I stopped thinking about it as an aggressive card, um, I started seeing how powerful it is. And it is, it still can be a good aggressive card. You still can, you know... Uh, Minus one and boost two creatures plus two power. So you're putting four power onto the board with Elspeth's minus one for five consecutive turns until somebody deals with it, right? If that's what you want to do. If you've already got creatures on board, you're basically going, you know, plus four power this turn, plus four power next turn. Keep doing it until, you know, you run out of loyalty and then you can, like you said, you can do it twice in a turn. Um, if that's going to win you the game, that's, that's you know, powerful in uh, that sort of respect as far as thinking about it in an aggressive shell. Um, so it's still good, uh, but I think it's it's good in more than just that sort of circumstance. Um, Want to move on? I guess. <laughs> um, so I want to say, uh, you know, Daxos is on sale again. Um, what is Daxos that? Blessed by the Sun? What is, oh, wait, wait, what is that? Uh, he's, a, he's a demigod. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, he's uh, a legendary enchantment creature. So enchantment creatures are back. This is a new subtype demigod. We haven't had any demigods before, right? Demigod of revenge wasn't a demigod, but he wasn't. A <laughs> wasn't demigod, a demigod. I know. I wasn't, think, no, I don't think he was. You're right. This is like a subtype. <laughs> not just like not an god. actual it's demigod. Just, right, right. Uh, he was he he uh, he was uh, faking with a saint. Um, so uh, <laughs> why are you making bush reference? 
because he says you search for your demigod in the song. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, yeah, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I get it. He said he said Daxos is on sale again. I immediately got the Everything Zen reference, but but I'm like, I'm not sure why you're bringing up Everything Zen. Okay. Uh, so I'll read this card. I, I, I really just wanted to make the Bush reference because mm-hmm. every time I see demigod, I keep thinking of Bush, um, which – all of our listeners are like, what the hell is Bush? Yeah. Oh, my God. We are so old. Is that that music from the 20th century? Um, so um, <laughs> Daxos, blessed by the sun, is white, white to cast. He's two star. Uh, like I said, legendary enchantment creature, demigod. Toughness is equal to devotion to white. So we've got devotion um, Confirmed. back yep. here, which I don't think this is the first – I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen it, but it's the first time it's been official. Mm-hmm. Um, well, technically, that would have been with the Athreos preview, but that's a BioBox promo. No one's ever going to own one, so screw it. Um, <laughs> so this says, uh, whenever another creature you control enters the battlefield or dies, you gain one life. Um, and again, for those of you who never played in the last Theros, each white mana symbol in the mana cost of permanent you control counts towards your devotion to white so that's what devotion is um i like the fact that this especially plays nicely with the um uh what's that card called lynn it's not lynn vala um linden the steadfast queen okay yeah i would not have remembered Uh, that so it could play nicely with Linden, the steadfast queen from Throne of Eldraine, um, which is a 3-3 vigilance. Whenever a white creature you control attacks, you gain one life. So a lot of life gain cards. We got a reprint of a Johnny's Pride Mate, you know, so like there's there's something there. I don't know what yet, but those two cards together, you have that on turn two. Uh, you have Daxos turn two, Linden turn three. You've got a two five, and that's if you didn't have a one drop. You know what I mean? You have a two five for two, right? Does which is pretty sweet. Elspeth curves right into that on turn four. There you go. So, and there, there's um, a little aggressive white shell, or, you know, and to get adds started. Two creatures to the battlefield, which gains you two life. That's what and I'm then saying. When they yeah. attack, you gain two more life. Um, yeah, there's something there. You know, there's something there. Like there's a white weenie deck. Uh, ready to go i think i think kind of built in that also not only is aggressive but also gains enough incidental life to stop uh you know the red decks as usual you know right Eighty thousand life gain cards and nothing that says players can't gain life all right well last time um, we were in theros we got we have we got uh uh, Eidolon of the Great Revel, which is one of the best red cards printed in the last few years. So hopefully we get another great red card that's, you know... Uh, like Eidolon of the Great Revel? That would be a good one. Re- reprinted? <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. It could happen. I don't think that's that's out of the question. That's a, a way to feed Pioneer a little, even though apparently they weren't mm-hmm. feeding Pioneer in this set. Uh, but it right. would feed Modern and Legacy. Um, just right. a nice reprint of a card that's solid and in multiple formats. Um, mm-hmm. So, any more uh, Theros cards you want to talk about? I don't have them in front of me. I only was going to talk about the Planeswalkers. Um, so, I, I, I'm out. Do you have any more? Not really, honestly. Of, of the official things we have. Right. Um, I think that's pretty good. I mean, there is the Athreos Shroud Veiled, um, which I guess we could mention. Because it's a buy-a-box promo. Which means it's going to probably see, pretty sh- see play in every deck, like basically. <laughs> exactly. It's a 4-7. It's a black, a white, and 4 it's a god. It's indestructible. As long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven, Athreos isn't a creature. Um, 
at the beginning of your end step, put a coin counter on another target creature. Whenever a creature with a coin counter on it dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. So, yeah, interesting. Um, I, I like I it. It's, it's super slow but super powerful, right? Like it's, it's not really doing that much at first, but uh, you know, as soon as you start dealing with with the creatures that have the coin counters. You know, you start getting them, and how powerful was the Scarab God? You know, now that that was right. a different kind of effect, but it was similar. Where you're like, I'm going to take your creatures. You know, I'm going to I'm basically drawing cards from your graveyard. In this case, you know, stealing or not stealing, but basically getting a card from your opponent's graveyard uh, all constantly is is going to be a build up a huge advantage. But yeah, it's really slow. Um, so I I don't think I mean I could see it seeing play. Like Corvold and Kenrith, I don't think it's going to see play like Nexus of Fate. <laughs> so that's that's a good thing, but it's uh, I, I really hope we don't have another Nexus of Fate situation at any point. Luckily, this is a a card that costs black white, so only certain kinds of decks are going to want it. So you do have that aspect of it, but um, but again, it's it's a it's slow. I don't know that it's going to make a huge impact. Uh, so, no, so I think we're good. Artworks. Artwork's absolutely gorgeous, though. Yeah, that is that is some gorgeous. great artwork. Um, I have been disappointed with some of the other artwork in the set, and I don't have any great examples. Uh, only one I, I can bring up, Ashiok. I don't really like that artwork. And Raymond Swanland is, like, one of my favorite artists, but I'm looking at this piece, and I'm just like, this is not his best work. Um, but I'm not going to go into that. I, I, it must be the art direction. I don't... Like, like somehow they're being directed to... Uh, kind of make the pieces feel a certain way, and to me, it's it's just not hitting it for me. Not like Throne of Eldraine did, which had pieces right. that I mean, I, I feel like I'm looking at cards and going, "Wow, the regular version is awesome. The storybook version is awesome. Like, what <laughs> what version should I play with? Because both of these are incredible." Um, but anyway, uh, that's 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 just me. Um, it's just, and then maybe it only applies to some of the pieces we've seen so far, and the rest of the set looks great. Um, Either way, uh, switching gears here, we have some more news, which I think we just we just need to touch on this because neither of us really have much experience in this uh, in this vein of of gameplay. But Magic is apparently getting an MMO. It's Magic Legends. Uh, it's supposed to be in beta in 2020, and we can sign up for the beta and uh, and and basically play World of Warcraft Magic Edition. <laughs> I mean, that's that's you know that's. I know there are way more MMOs than World of Warcraft, but that's the the one I think of when I think of an MMO. That's the only one I ever played, but I only played for a month. Uh, it was I played for a little bit. I got up to like level seventy, um, and and I've played uh, Elder Scrolls Online for a little while. I was I did the like some beta test on that mm-hmm. um, back in the day. Um, I, I like these kind of games. Me I'm too. excited for this. Um, I'm. I'm I'm not sure because, like, I would play WoW, frankly, if mm. I had any time to play video games. Exactly, or, like, exactly. Or but I have no time. I'm, so, I'm I'm so old. I have so much actual stuff to do. Like, I I have owned uh, the the Legend of Zelda that that came Twi- Twilight Princess. Is that I don't even know what it's called. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> I don't have any time to play it. I don't even know what the hell it's called. Like, like whatever the new uh, Zelda was that came out on Switch, I've owned it. For like almost, I don't know, six months, <laughs> I played like three hours of it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was one that I've been waiting to buy for like a year. Um, yeah, I have no time to play video games, so I don't know. Like, it sounds great, 
but like, mm, you know. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, again, there's like, it's, it's similar to television right now. It's like everybody's like, did you see this show? Did you see this movie? And it's like, I'll add it to my queue and not watch it. Like, <laughs> like I, yeah. I can't own, I, I can't watch, I can't consume the content, even great content at a rate that keeps me up with uh, how much is being produced. You know, I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm shocked that I was able to watch The Irishman, but um, yeah. like I actually did watch that one and that's relevant right now because it only came out a few weeks ago. But normally something like The Irishman comes out and I'm looking at it in the year like 2023 going, people did say that was good back in 2019. I should probably check this out at some point. You know, mm-hmm. that's what it feels like. Um, you know, I haven't even seen The Wire and I'm from Baltimore. I've tried to start The Wire. Mm-hmm. I've probably watched two, three episodes of it, and it just it can't finish it. But well, like, that's the that's the trouble. You got to get past those first couple episodes because, yeah. like, I think I think Flores, I think Mike's first. Mm-hmm. By the way, congratulations to Mike Flores winning his PTQ. Yeah, um, he's off. He's off to the to the big game with Simic Flash and Standard, I believe. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he says I, th- I don't remember if he says the first season or just the first episode of The Wire is one of the first episodes of one of the worst episodes of television ever made. <laughs> oh wow, I haven't heard him say that, or I don't remember yeah. him saying that. Yeah, ask him about it on Twitter when we get off here. But uh, but if you stick with it, it's it's a great show. I mean, it's one of the best shows ever made. And hopefully, uh, we're saying the same thing, or everybody's saying the same thing about Magic Legends. It's one of the best MMOs ever made, but we got to give it some time to actually hit that. And I, I think it's cool that that they're making this. And I do want to play the beta. I do also predict that I will not have enough time to really get deep into it, unless it's that good that somehow I'm allocating that much time to it. But uh, but yeah, I think it's great that they're doing this, and I think it's going to be really cool to like play a. A video game like this, because RPGs are what I grew up on, and MMOs are like the natural evolution of of the RPG games, like Final Fantasy three, and you know all, all yep. those that Secret of Mana and Chrono Trigger. Like that's the natural evolution of RPGs, and um, and I love that that Magic has a has one coming out. So I, I'm going to be pretty excited to check that out and see how, like what storyline they go with. I'm kind of curious how they like what the storyline is going to be. Uh, and what they end up doing with it, but I know we're supposed to be planeswalkers, but that's the same thing as we as we're supposed to be doing when we play Magic. So, um, we'll we'll mention that more when there's actually more to talk about. But it's it's right. cool. We'll link the we'll link it in the show notes where you can like check it out and sign up. Sign up for the beta test. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so more big news, and I think we're going to probably spend the rest of the episode talking about this or this this. Uh, this format, but um, BNR updates. We had a BNR update on Monday morning. It was kind of interesting. They release an update, says no changes to any format, uh, but we're going to change how we handle BNR announcements. We're no longer going to schedule them because scheduling them makes makes it very difficult. You know, you have uh, you have these formats that obviously need something to happen, but the next scheduled update isn't until a month away. And they're kind of locked into doing that, and unless they want to do an, an emergency ban, which essentially is what they're saying now is everything's going to be an emergency ban. If they see a format needs something to happen, they're going to do it. All we know is that it's going to be on a Monday. Like it's, so, every Monday we are going to, uh, I guess, be potentially hit with some sort of banning in some format. Um, I know we talked about this briefly in the discord but uh, this sounds sounds fine to me um the only downside 
that I see, which is not really that big of a deal and not really a priority of theirs. But I think when they would schedule it, we'd all kind of look forward to it. Like, ooh, what's going to happen? It was I, I described it as like Christmas morning, which doesn't really apply when you're getting cards <laughs> removed from a format that maybe you paid for. But um, but the idea that you're like, okay, this date, something might happen. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, Monday is going to be a BNR announcement. So you lose that, but that is not that important in terms of... Uh, <laughs> what the the BNR announcement is about. So um I'm I'm fine with it. Uh and, and I think it makes a lot of sense for them to have sort of more freedom in terms of affecting these formats. Um this is like the world we live in now. You know, I mean like we have digital games, uh several different digital versions of magic that we play. Uh data comes at you at lightning speed, you mm-hmm. know? Um adjustments are made at lightning speed you know and, and one of the big complaints that i heard about this was oh this doesn't give any consideration to people who are testing for events well if they're going to be on mondays then um then it does because it gives you a whole week to get your get your act together right and um and adjust your deck as needed and do more testing um you know it, considering that 95% of our testing probably isn't done in person anymore, yeah, um, that just requires deleting some files and adding some files. It's not like you got to wait for the mail to come. Right. You know, sorry, Ryan, your cards aren't getting there before this weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, but, and the, you, and, you make but, a good point. Like, the thing is, this affects everyone. Like, if somebody – go, let's go back to the summer and say, like, okay, Hogak, right? If they were doing this and somebody had an event next weekend – um, Monday, they say they're banning Hogak. Well, if you were planning to play Hogak, yeah, you need to find another deck. But guess what else that affects? The blue-white player who was build, was playing blue-white because the metagame was all Hogak, and it was great for blue-white. And now it's not going to be very easy to be a blue-white control player because now you don't know what the format's going to look like without Hogak. So you don't have the right answers in your deck. So it's like it doesn't right. just affect the people that are playing the banned card it affects everybody so you have your event you know it's it's shaking up the entire format a few days in in advance and it's affecting everybody that's playing in that event uh, in some right. way because it's changing the format and what they expect they need to change their sideboard they need to change their entire deck you know uh choose a different deck that kind of thing so i think it's fine i think you know there's going to be a downside to everything you can find something wrong with everything this is not right well, enough and this is literally what people were were complaining that they do for months and months and then they do it and then everyone's complaining that they did it (laughs) yes exactly like jesus man you know like when will you all ever be happy like literally when they take a 50 dollar bill and they hand it to you and they go that'll be five bucks like oh all right you know like that's the only time could have been a hundred dollar bill right yeah, well, it was a hundred dollar, yeah. and they could have charged us just a dollar for it too. Right, uh, lower the price on your your hundred dollar bills. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, but I think this is great. I mean, I like this. But here's the thing: I, I want to just say because you made the, the the way you phrased it made me worried about this because you said now we just have to worry about every Monday when or whether or not they're going to ban something. No, we don't. What we have to do is play magic until they tell us we can't play magic anymore. Right. Like, uh, I don't think I don't anticipate, like don't spend every Monday at 1030 going, Oh, I hope there's a ban. And then the people who want a ban complain that there wasn't the people who didn't complain when there is, you know, we're just setting up an endless cycle of complaining. And that's something wizards needs to be aware of is that when you say, 
Oh, well, we're not going to do it, but it'll be on Mondays. Like, okay, so you just made everybody anxious every Monday instead of once every two months. Like, shut up. Just, hey, just I, stop. I didn't mean for it to, if that's what I said, I don't know if, like, the words I used, but that wasn't what I was saying. All I was saying was that all we know is that, that it's happening on a Monday. That's as much as we know. So uh, they're keeping the BNR announcements on Mondays. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. I, we just play magic and... When they but announce it, changes, they announce changes. That's just like anything else. Like I said, I don't think you intentionally said it that way, but the right. way you said it made it sound like people are going to just every Monday is just going to be like, don't even look at Twitter between like 10 and 11 Eastern. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. just stay off of it or no, 10 and 11 Central. Anyway, stay off of Twitter in the afternoon, like, or late morning, <laughs> early afternoon every Monday because it's just going to be a cesspool. Um, Anyway, arguably, uh, it's not going to because you'd think like if something is if a card is having that much of an effect on the format that people are so frustrated with it, it's not going to last that long because the next time there's an opportunity on a Monday, they are going to ban it. They're not going to have to wait a month while people just continuously complain about unless they don't. And then people are going to just be complaining that they didn't get the ban they wanted that particular Monday. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just going to be terrible. Yeah. I'm never going on Twitter on a Monday again. <laughs> um, you, know, you, so you know what really threw me off about this banned and restricted announcement this week? What's that? Um, that they the had another they one like, later, <laughs> later in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, they were like, no changes to any format. And I was like, oh, cool. And then like I went about, I was about my day. I was at work. And then I opened up Discord. And I was like, wait, what? There were bannings today? They said no changes <laughs> to any format four hours ago. You know, like, <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, you, if you had a scheduled update, wouldn't you just wrap the Pioneer update into it? No, no, no. We got to wait till after we eat our meal and complete our dessert. Not until after supper time, Timmy. You know, like, really? Like, really? Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, it's ridiculous, which makes me think we they just... We cannot announce Pioneer until we have finished our meal. They decided like, it at lunch. <laughs> they were not ready, apparently, in the morning. <sighs> Uh, yeah, that confused a lot of people. They had to literally go to Morrow's house and play darts. Like, <laughs> they're really leaning in to look at me. I'm the DCI right now. They're just like, <laughs> let's play a game for it. Nope, we won't announce it yet. Our game is not complete. Um, yeah, a lot of people were confused with this because I even saw, like, Paul Lynch, uh, a local player yeah. that plays on the SEG local circuit occasionally. Local legend. Let's just be real about it. Local legend, sure. Paul Lynch. Uh, like Merfolk he was post- master, Paul Lynch. <laughs> he was posting um, in a, lo- uh, <laughs> a local Facebook group for the LGS, and he's like, what? There, you know, what, what do you mean Oko was banned? In what format? Like, here's a screenshot. It says no changes in every any format. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, you're right. That is a screenshot from this morning. Um but yeah, so it was a kind of an, a strange thing to do. I did see Aaron Forsyth post, uh, there still will be a Pioneer update later today. But they should have included that in the article. I, maybe they did. I read, I'm pretty sure I read the article and I didn't see it in there. But I saw Aaron's tweet and I posted that in our Discord. Um, I was like, uh, uh-oh, <laughs> this means something's happening because I don't think they would have been like, we have a further announcement later that's also going to say no changes. Like, they just wouldn't have but done anything. But not until I've cleared my plate. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so those changes, as we we are keep, we keep alluding to, if you aren't aware, but uh, Pioneer had its announcement later that day. Uh, Oko, Thief of Crowns is banned. Nexus of Fate is banned. So um, going back to last week, Nexus was on my list of cards on the watch list. Uh, Oko wasn't. And I, I was like, it's weird. It's it's like I was surprised about Oko, but not surprised. I, said, I think mostly I said Oko, mostly right? surprised because Oko was not really making that huge of an impact in Pioneer as it was in Standard and Modern. Now, would it eventually make that kind of impact? Absolutely. And I did. It's not like people weren't playing it at all. It's just I That's don't. That's right. What's that? No, I'm just remembering. I did say I thought Oko yes, should be banned. You did, and then John said no because John has four copies in his deck. Right, and I had I have four paper copies and four digital copies and four more right. digital copies. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's so why we you both all said didn't no. agree with me. I own zero copies, so I think it should be banned. You own four, <laughs> you think it's fine. So that's far, how you're, these you're just things go. Yeah, batting a thousand on that particular. Um, <laughs> prediction or way of uh, way of looking at it uh but yeah so oko's banned i guess yeah partly i was sad about it because i wanted to play oko and i kind of feel like it's going to get the axe in modern and so i thought right. well pioneer is going to be the only format where we can play oko i guess well just other than keep like, shifting legacy. it back in, in formats until they ban it there yeah. you know put it in get them get them just skip modern put them right in your legacy deck yeah and um, and, and just play with it there for a couple months, right? And then they ban it in Legacy, right? Right. It, it's it's sad, I think, because I think Oko is a cool card that could have, if they had just balanced it slightly better with just tweaking a number right. or something, like. Right. But they didn't. They didn't. No, no. But I mean, as far as like what the card does, I feel like the, the what the card does is fine. It's the costs that are the problem, right? Right. Uh, and right. whether it's the mana cost or the loyalty cost. Uh, so I, I feel like it's a shame that we can't play with this card that is, I think it's, it was a fun card aside from its ubiquity. <laughs> like, um, so that's a shame. Nexus of Fate, I'm just, I'm glad to see that go. Um, I actually played a, uh, a paper event last Friday and one of my losses was to a Simic Nexus deck and I was playing blue-white, which uh, is kind of the deck that I've been playing with the most. Uh, I don't. I, I felt like I don't think it's a great matchup anyway for blue white. But I sideboarded in like eight counter spells. I had counter spells for days. I felt like I was countering everything he did, and it just wasn't enough. It was just like draw Nexus, play it. Okay, counter it. Okay, draw Nexus again. It was the same thing as like I was saying with Elspeth and the Escape Clause, where it's just like okay, fine, counter it. I'm just going to play it again, or I'm going to draw. You know, with Nexus, I'm going to find it again. It just felt like. I definitely made some mistakes in the matchup uh, because I just I, I, you could you always make mistakes. I could have definitely played better. I definitely sided board, sideboarded wrong. Um, I was talking to Joe Janik about it, and I'm like, I showed him. I'm like, I feel like I could have almost sided in my entire sideboard, and he's like, Yeah, you probably should have, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I sided in like three copies of Dovin's Veto, three copies of Aether Gust, a Dispel. Uh, so either Gust Dispel, yeah, that's eight cards. I sided in eight cards, and I was like, this is a lot of cards I'm siding in, and I kind of stopped. And I didn't side in Pithing Needle, needle which would have been great for, like, mm. the Jace Wielder of Mysteries or Tamio, mainly Tamio. Yeah. I didn't side in uh, the fourth Aether Gust, partly because I was like, do I really need four Aether Gusts? Like, I have, I'm going to side in three. Uh, I didn't side in 
two copies of Monetary, Monastery Mentor or Lyra, and that was the huge mistake because I needed a clock. And I just, I got right. so caught up in making sure I could counter what he was doing. I didn't, like, give myself a way to win the game once I, in the limited time I had. You should have ways to win the game in your main deck. Yes, I do have ways to win the game in the main deck, like Teferi, Hero of Dominaria, which takes forever, and so that's not great against uh, a Nexus deck. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't side in Pithing Needle, I didn't side in Lyra, I didn't side in Monastery, Swift Spear, uh, I left one of the Aether Gusts in the board, and I had two copies of Rest in Peace that I could have boarded in because that would have helped uh, get rid of the Nexus and kind of neuter Tamio a bit. So I'm like, there's my 15-card sideboard. Literally every card could have come in against <laughs> Nexus. Um, so I don't know what I would have taken out. Probably just 15 lands. Um, <laughs> but no, I like... I, I can't believe how uh, how many cards could actually... I could uh, dedicate to that matchup or use in that matchup. Um, but yeah, it was... It, it's, it's a card that definitely isn't fun to play against it might have been premature like smuggler's copter but i guess i think i think wizards really just wants this format to be more like fair and interactive like i'm sure they they want some i think that's how they want most formats sure to be. Uh, but i think they let some formats have uh, access to more combo decks and things because the thing is they don't like players like to play different kinds of decks and if you're going to just make it so nobody can ever play a control deck because they want the game to be all about uh battlefield presence and creatures that's then you're going to go i don't you know you're, you're going to turn off all the people that want to play control decks so they want balance in terms of having different ways to play and different ways to win the game not everybody wants to win with a creature like some people want to win with a planeswalker some people want to win by just removing all your resources so that you can't win um and it's just like an inevitability thing right like you're going to run out of cards and i'm i'm not you know i'm going to have this my deck built so that it survives your uh like a mill deck or a, a decking situation um just people like to play different ways but i i do feel like they want the format to be more interactive and so I think that's why they went after Nexus of Fate because it really it's it literally deprives your opponent of their turn. <laughs> so it's not just like it's not just like Teferi who's like, okay, you can't play instance, but you can still play magic on your turn. Nexus is like, you can't take a turn. <laughs> that's it. Right. You know? Um, that is like the definition of not interactive. And and I thought it might be safe in Pioneer because maybe more ways to fight it, but I think it also got more tools. Um, so I think that's why they, they went after it. Um, so I'm okay with it. I do see like the reasoning that it, it wasn't, it's kind of like in the smuggler's copter realm of things, um, where I see why it was banned. I don't know if I would have, but if I had to pick between smuggler's copter and Nexus being in pioneer, I'd definitely stick with copter, uh, over yeah. Nexus. So, right. um, I, I, I so I'm just glad I don't know who you were playing against, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm just glad I wasn't following them on Twitter Monday afternoon. <laughs> Why? Because they were playing Simic Nexus. Were they how many copies of Oko did they have in their deck? Oh, you know what? I didn't ever see an Oko. I mean, it might have been there, but yeah. I didn't see one. Oko is not great but... against blue white control. I mean, it's great as a threat, but it doesn't really answer anything. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Um, one of the other cards, and I know I've kind of touched on this, but I wanted to um, 
I, w- I wanted to kind of maybe talk about it a little bit more. Uh, let's see, where are we? How are we on time? Oh, we're pretty close to the end here. Um, I want to talk about dig through time again. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I definitely touched on it, but I keep thinking about it because I keep seeing people saying, "Well, dig through time." You know, maybe dig through time should have gone instead of Nexus. And it's like, well, maybe, but I feel like dig through time is a powerful card. But any effect is printable if the cost is right. So you, how many cards in Magic say you win the game on them, right? Like if one mana white instant says you win the game, that's a problem. <laughs> like, um, but the idea is you build a cost around it, whether it's the mana cost or the mana cost plus further, uh, further goals that you need to reach, further restrictions that you need to, to have. Um, you have like battle of wits, right? You win the game if your library has, you know, this many cards in it. So there are costs and dig through time to me, it's a powerful effect. Look at the top, top seven cards, put two in your hand. That's powerful. It's got great card selection and you are plus one, a card after you've cast a spell. So, you know, getting an extra card, it's card advantage. Um, it's a powerful effect. It costs eight mana, or some amount of mana and cards in your graveyard. And fetch lands made that too easy. They made that cost too easy to pay. But in a format where the only fetch land is basically Fabled Passage, um, it's hard to cast Dig Through Time for two mana. Like, if you're doing it, it's way late in the game. And then you, dr- you draw another dig, and it's like, well, now I don't have the cards in my graveyard. You know, now I'm paying five mana and three cards. And it's like, is, is that... Is that too good like i feel like the card uh it works as printed i I mean meaning it it, the way it was designed this is how it was meant to be played in a in a format where it's you are getting cards in the graveyard and you can use them to pay for delve and it's it's just as uh balanced as a card like tombstalker or gurmag angler like yes these are powerful cards right but they have delve on them and they make that that's why they're powerful but they're not broken you have right. a cost um, for sure. I don't know what you think uh, of it. No, speaking as someone who doesn't run four copies of dig through time, mm-hmm. um, I actually agree with Joey. You know, uh, I've played against dig through time a couple times at this point now in pioneer. Cause I actually did get to run, um, uh, mono red prowess, uh, through a league. I, I went two and three. I didn't do great, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I got to play it finally. You know what I mean? I actually got to try try it out. Um, and, I, and I enjoyed the deck to a degree. I basically just copied the list off of somebody. And uh, there were some things I would rather have had, like Lava Coil. Because, oh my god, I just got destroyed by things with four toughness. Um, and Roast <laughs> targets literally nothing in the format. Why is Roast in anybody's decks? Like, like it's like... Oh, hey, look at that. It's a, um, what's the angel that you run in your sideboard? Lyra Dawnbringer. Yeah, oh, look, Lyra. Yeah, five damage. Oh, creature without flying. Never mind. Hey, look, it's a glory bringer. I wish I had not this card, you know? Um, I was so mad. You sound like me with, with isolate. Ro- oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, it was you so- don't play any cards. It costs one mana. Why is this card in my hand? My. My main experience with Pioneer is that I never have the removal I need for the threat that I'm up against. Like, that's my experience with Pioneer. I need to look at this. I mean, I need to look at this more. I need. I have a little more time now. I have a month uh, without school. But, like, 
I need to look at this more because I always consistently feel like I don't have the removal I need in my hand uh, to deal with whatever threat I'm, I'm facing, um, which is wild to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with more options, I should have a better answer, but right. I don't. Well, welcome it's to my world. Crazy. Like this is. Oh my god, it's driving me crazy. This is what I'm saying. Say, so, well, uh, welcome. This is a great like transition point, or not transition, but just segue into something that I was going to mention anyway. Um, that's kind of what it's like playing blue white in in some of these formats like uh you need if if i said hey we're gonna have a test tomorrow there are 10 questions you have to bring 10 answers with you <laughs> ahead of time <laughs> and you can only use those 10 answers and you don't know what oh the 10 questions God. are gonna be like you have to go well i hope i could i think this is gonna be a question i think this is gonna be a question you know and and that's what it's like as a like a control player you're like what questions am I going to have to answer? And it is so frustrating when you get that wrong because when you show up with a bunch of answers to questions that aren't being asked or, it, you know, you have uh, a, a, a question being asked and you, you're like, I don't have an answer for this in my deck and I'm the answer deck. Like, that's my goal. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> this is kind of how I was feeling Friday night after going two and two at this paper event. It's just a local FNM basically. Um, I assume it was it was FNM. It was Friday night. I was playing Magic, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean there were multiple. I, I don't know what what cons, what's considered FNM anymore because I always think of that as standard. Um, but, it's all FNM. Everything's FNM. Okay, cool. FNM can be literally any format. Well, then it was FNM. But like I went yeah. two and two, and one of those wins was a buy. So I was really yeah. frustrated <laughs> with my deck. Sure. And I felt like I'm. The frustration you're saying with like not having the right answer—that's kind of how I felt. Um, And blue white right now, I think may be the best deck in Pioneer after these bands. It's definitely one of the best. Uh, But I think the format's going to change to ask different questions. Ross Merriam wrote an article said, "All right, it's time for graveyard decks because Supreme Verdict." uh, It's just like fine, kill my stuff, I'll bring it back. You know, like the graveyard decks are going to start to feast on these removal decks. Um, But anyway, that aside, I felt like I want to have a deck where I'm asking the questions and make you have it. And I'm going to, right? you know, like I want to do that. And I I know I've felt that way a lot this year. And I think that's caused some of my, um, a lot of my deck choices over the course of 2019. And not that we're trying to do a wrap up of 2019 episode right now, but I think this is our last episode of 2019. So, you know, happy new year, everybody. But yeah, uh, but looking back over the course of this year, January, February, I started like playing burn. And uh, in like March and April, I started playing with, uh, with dredge and May uh, and June and July. You did what? No, April and May. I started playing, um, amulet Titan. Uh, so, you know, all these decks that were more like, I'm going to ask the question and make you answer it. And, you know, I think that partly led to us our changing of our little catchphrase saying, make them have it, because that was like the spirit of what I was feeling a lot of, you know, the early part of the year. Um, I still love playing blue white and that's like, it's like the, the center of my deck selection a lot of times, but right. I've strayed from that this year way more often than, than I ever have. And, you know, now, you know, late, late summer, early fall, I'm starting to play Urza decks, right? It's like, I want to play threats. And so here we are with Pioneer. I go right to my default, you know, start looking for blue-white lists and um, 
one of our, our patrons, John Farrow, sent me a, a blue-white Field of the Dead list. It was blue-white control with Field of the Dead. That was, you know, one of the decks I tried at the beginning. Of course, we lost Field of the Dead, so that's not relevant now. But um, I, I've been seeing, uh, kind of trying different versions of blue-white, some that play, uh, that are more like, similar to like the modern decks, just replacing cards so that the uh, so that they're legal and pioneer. But um, there's versions that play Hour of Revelation, but Hour of Revelation destroys enchantments and planeswalkers, and a lot of the white-based removal in blue-white or available to blue-white is stuff like Seal Away and Cast Out and Detention Sphere, and you play planeswalkers. So it's like, well, now Hour, Hour of Revelation, which is answers a lot of questions, also messes up with my removal. So you know, you got to balance that. And then there's like versions that play Fae of Wishes and Approach of the Second Sun in the board. And I like that because that's kind of like a, like you can turn the corner, right? You're like, okay, I've got the game under control. I'm going to Fae of Cast Granted, get Approach of the Second Sun and win the game in the next two turns. You know, like that, that is appealing to me. And that's something I haven't tried yet, but that's like next on the list. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like at this point I'm, as you know, you and I played a couple games of Pioneer a few weeks ago, and the deck I played you with was Simic Aggro. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where I, Friday night, that's where I felt like, I want to play Simic Aggro. I can play, it's basically Green Stompy with Stubborn Denial and Oko. So I ordered all the cards on Saturday, and Monday we lost Oko. So now it's just st- Mono Green Stompy for me. <laughs> so, I mean... Uh, and I'm excited to play it. Like I have, I'm gonna play later today with it. But it's a deck that asks questions. As you know, as soon as turn two, you play Elf into five power creature on turn two. It's like, all right, at, answer this, and you know, make them have it. So I, I don't know. That's where I am right now with Pioneer, um, and, and I'm excited to kind of take a different, different tack. And I, I don't know. Like I'm sure I'm gonna be playing with blue white. I, I like bounce back and forth, but that's where I am right now with Pioneer. For sure. I, I, I'm, I'm going to continue exploring red decks um, when I have time. Uh, like I said, I have, a, I have a Zelda game that I haven't played <laughs> but three hours of. Um, and uh, we got a new Star Wars movie coming out on Friday, which I already have tickets to see Thursday night, and I'm trying to watch all the Star Wars movies uh, between now and Thursday night, which makes you makes it pretty clear what I'm doing all day Wednesday, which is today. Um, I just finished Solo. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six movies to go Wow! before I'm caught up. Um, and I'm planning on watching those between when we get off of this call and 2 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens. That sounds but like so much fun. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I, I finally have a day off today where I have crap to do. And I'm just needing nothing to do, you yeah. know. And I'm just taking it easy and watching a bunch of Star Wars. I got straight A's in my first full time semester at SMU, so I'm enjoying that uh, revelation. I, I I was waiting for one more grade. I needed to get like a B plus on my research paper. I got a 100, nice. which is pretty good. Um, so yeah, I finished the semester with straight A's. So now I can like officially just relax, unclench, enjoy the month. Nice. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, I will be what playing some pioneer in there and and it's going to be single color, probably <laughs> aggressive as possible, uh going down that path and seeing where it leads me. So, um, 
you know, going to going to going to hit up the card hoarder loan program and get that done. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So pretty exciting. So I think that that just about wraps us up this week and this year, um, wrapping up yes. 2019, the, the return of Yo! MTG Taps. We, you know, I think our, our first episode back, which was supposed to be a one-off, was a year ago, last December, right? So um, so we decided to come back and shout out to everybody who's listened, all of, all of our listeners uh, who've listened at any point during 2019, and thank you so much for listening. We, uh, we always love to hear from you. Uh, it's really easy for you to interact with us uh if you want to do it on twitter that's one way you can also join our discord and we just you know we're in there all the time uh so so easy ways to to contact us and interact and you know tell us we're idiots tell us what we missed tell us you know anything any sort of feedback you have uh we but there is one step to joining the discord that's, and that's true. joining the patreon yeah um so, so I that part. Uh, and, and, yeah, no, of course, but I also want to give a special, special thank you to all of our patrons who have supported the show this year. Um, this is weird new territory for us. We've never done this sort of thing before. So um, it's really cool to, like, see, like, you know, people care about the show so much that they want to actually chip in. You right. know, I think that's really awesome, and it just really shows, like, you know, that just really makes us feel special, honestly. Absolutely. You know, I don't expect people to want to give us money, but uh, you do. It's like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy. Um, but uh, but that's how you get – you join the Patreon. It's uh, uh, patreon.com slash taps. If you get in there, all you have to do is give us a buck uh, an episode and you'll get into the, into the Discord because we just want people in the Discord, honestly. Yep. That's just our way of – of feeding that um obviously be as generous as you like but uh but if you want to get in on the conversation with us uh when the show isn't on the air um that's the way to do it yeah so and another uh, huge shout out and thank you to our sponsors coolstuffinc.com cardhoarder.com and decked builder app um great uh sponsors that we've gotten over the course of the last year and you know great to be supported by some uh some bigger sites and other uh, other ventures and definitely check check out all three of those if for some reason you've never checked them out we've got a link to the deck builder app in our uh in our show notes and in our on our website and of course links to cool stuff and card hoarder as well um jo- we wouldn't let we wouldn't let people sponsor us that we didn't believe in absolutely you know what i mean like i know i wouldn't like i i don't give a crap about about money or any of that you know like um but you know those are all three like our things and i mean admittedly like like for instance um like deck builder i'd never messed with before they were our sponsor but like if i had messed with the app and i was like nope this sucks they wouldn't be our sponsor you know what right. i mean so <laughs> so yeah so definitely all really cool stuff that you should check out um I think the deck builder app. I wish I, I wish I used it more, frankly. Um, like I, I haven't used it as much as I would like, and it would be really helpful if I did use it more. <laughs> but uh, I'm lazy. Yeah, whenever so. I'm I'm building a deck, that's what I'm using. Uh, so right. like, but when I'm copying a deck from elsewhere, I, I don't tend to use deck builder because it's copy paste <laughs> from, from like a text file that I'm right, I'm doing right. right. Like there's I'm not building any decks, but it's great. It's a great resource when when I am building a deck. Um, and I'm trying. See, I to wish I used the collection it. aspect of it more. Yeah, that's something me. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try more because I I'm really 
off with that, like with managing my collection. And I think that's something that, that I want to um, pick back up when I get the time to, I ordered, to do I it. ordered all these cards from Cool Stuff, and I'm usually ordering cards on the bus or at work, or somewhere where I'm not in front of my collection. Right. And I'm ordering all these cards, and I get all these cards to build decks. And I'm, uh, what was it, Cavalcade of Calamities was the deck I was like kind of like getting the cards for. <laughs> and I never ordered any friggin' Scorch Spitters. And now they've been out of stock for like two weeks. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, I'm so mad. Right. Like, that is the most frustrating thing. If I had thing. that information in that app, if I had already done the legwork and put the information in my app, I would have been like, oh, yeah, Scorch Spitter, order them. You know what right. I mean? Like, so anyway. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. always, uh, what I end up doing is basically searching my email for a card name and being like, is there a e- order email in here, like from Card Hoarder or Cool Stuff or whatever, <laughs> yes. you know, like, yes. do I own this card? Did I order this card at some point? And if I see I results from like 2012, I'm like, well, I owned it at some point. <laughs> I don't know if I still have it now, but uh, yeah. That's why it was great that I sold my whole collection at one point because I know I don't have it if yeah. it was older than like 2017. Well, so. see, that's another thing. <laughs> I was very when I sold my collection, I was very thorough with like the spreadsheet, like what I had, the values of the cards and stuff. So I can search for a card, and if I see the email pop up that I sent to the guy that I sold it, that has the spreadsheet, I'm like, oh, I sold it because it's in the spreadsheet. <laughs> it showed up yep. in the email. Nice. Um, so that that works out well. But uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Um, and uh, Joe, anything else you wanted to add? Nope, just that uh, you said nope. You can't say weeks. anything after nope. Damn it! Uh, we're taking two weeks off, and then you know, in three weeks, we'll be back with another episode. Yeah, so just wanted to make that yeah. clear that it's not like an extended. It's just two weeks off. Get through the new year, and then we'll be back with our biweekly bull crap. Absolutely. <laughs> so until next year. I'm going to, next year, bro, I'm going to have 2020 vision. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Until next year, we are Yo MTG Taps. 2020 vision. I mean, oh, mm, make them have it. We-